Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 4 Canto 4 is the creation of the fourth order chapter 24 chanting the song sung by Lord Shiva text number 21 Nila Raktot Palamboja Kalarin Devarakaram Hamsasarasa Chakrakva Karandava Nikujitam Nilaraktot Palamboja Kahlarin Devarakaram Hamsasarasa Chakrava Karandavanikujitam Nila Blue Rakta Red Utpala Lotus Ambaja Born from the water. Kahlara. Another kind of lotus. Indivara. Another kind of lotus. Akaram. The mine. Hamsa. Swans. Sarasa. Cranes. Chakrava. The ducks of the name. Karandava. Birds of the name. Nikujitam. Vibrated by their sounds. In that great lake, there were different types of lotus flowers. Some of them were bluish and some of them were red. Some of them grew at night some in the day and some like the Indivara lotus flower in the evening. Combined together the lotus flowers filled the lake so full that the lake appeared to be a great mine of such flowers. Consequently on the shores there were swans and cranes, Chakravaka, Karandava and other beautiful water birds standing about. Purport, the word akaram, mine, is significant in this verse. 
For the reservoir of water appeared like a mine from which different types of lotus flowers were produced. Some of the lotus flowers grew during the day, some at night and some in the evening, and accordingly they had different names and different colours. All these flowers were present on that lake and because the lake was so calm and quiet and filled with lotus flowers, superior birds like swans, chakravakas and karandavas stood on the shores and vibrated their different songs, making the entire scene attractive and beautiful. As there are different types of human beings, according to the association of the three qualities of material nature, there are similarly different types of birds, bees, trees, etc. Everything is divided according to the three qualities of mature nature. Birds like swans and cranes who enjoy clear waters and lotus flowers are different from crows who enjoy filthy places. Similarly, there are persons who are controlled by the modes of ignorance and passion and those who are controlled by the modes of goodness, by the mode of goodness. The creation is so varied that there are always varieties found in every society. Thus, on the bank of this lake, all the superior birds lived to enjoy that atmosphere created by that great reservoir filled with lotus flowers. Pretty much storyline. Then. Om Jnana Timirandasya Gnanjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmaye Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamahayam Tadatisva Padantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langhaya Tegarim Yad Kripa Bande Sri Gurum Dinatarinam So Prabhupada says here, Akaram. Mm. Uh, the lake is a lotus mine. Mm. And because the lake was so um, beautifully decorated, then um, the um, atmosphere and the environment around the lake 
was so attractive and um, um, conducive to the bird life that it was also surrounded by all of these different types of birds. Humpsa is a swan. Huh? The cranes, sarasa. Ducks. So everything about that particular location was very attractive. And of course, this is the reason why the Prachetas are going to stay in this spot because it, it's, it's conducive to meditation, conducive to their devotional practice. And Prabhupada takes the, the opportunity to uh, expand the idea of the different types of birds to give us an appreciation of how um, there are different modes of material nature and that the modes of material nature affect, influence the consciousness of the um, living entities, Prabhupada mentions here, as there are different types of human beings. According to the association of the three qualities of material nature, there are similarly different types of birds, bees, trees, etc., Everything, everything is divided according to the three qualities of material nature. So, uh, um, just as the birds can be divided up into different categories, or actually Prabhupada says here, just as human beings are divided up into different categories. So similarly also, the birds, and of course the animals, plants, everything can be divided up into um, the degree to which it influences or is influenced by the modes of material nature. Right? Mode of ignorance is characterised by sleep, Laziness, uh, uh, slothfulness, uh, ignorance, uh, tamagoon is the symbol of ignorance. Um, then the mode of passion, raja, which is uh, symptomized by uh, extreme longing, extreme endeavor, 
the, uh, uh, the mode of passion is symptomized by the desire to accumulate material possessions for sense gratification, to build a big house, to enjoy sense gratification, to expand one's influence in society in order to uh, enjoy on the material platform. And then there's the, the mode of goodness, which is characterised by learning, knowledge, steadiness, stability, um, um, and, and, and of which the brahmanas are the, uh, are the um, example. And so people in the mode of goodness exhibit the symptoms of Brahminical culture, equanimity, tolerance, patience, cleanliness. And so this environment that's being described here, uh, uh, the lake that the Prachetas have come upon, is is uh, symptomatic of the mode of goodness. And um, in that environment, that's where spiritual culture or, or the cultivation of knowledge and detachment and primarily the cultivation of bhakti is um, encouraged and supported by. And, and you know, the opposite is the the um, the liquor shops, the gambling, the the um, the activities that are primarily driven by passion, but degraded into the mode of ignorance. So the gambling houses and the places of prostitution. Um, the consumption of... Because in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna explains the food that we eat is similarly influenced by the modes of material nature. And so therefore there are certain foods which are recommended and certain foods which are avoided. But for those who are attached to the mode of passion and ignorance, they are attached also to that type of food. Whereas those who are... uh, Encouraged and uh, enthused by the mode of goodness, and they they are attracted to foodstuffs that are primarily in the mode of goodness, and that prolong one's life. That um, in, uh, support and maintain one's health, and importantly, purify one's consciousness. And and in the the Bhagavatam, and and Srila Prabhupada uses the example, uh, there's the example of the swans 
and the crows. Right? And, um, you know, the crows are generally attracted to um, rubbish. rubbish, yeah, but um, dead flesh. Huh? Is that crows, if you drive through outback Australia, then what are the crows doing there? Checking the road, not only the crows, the um, kites as well. They're checking the road for roadkill. That's what they eat. Dead animals. Whereas, and and so they represent the, they represent the, 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 uh, men and women that are influenced by the mode of ignorance that are lacking in discrimination and as to what they eat. Um, um, the environment that they live in and of course also the, the topics, the, the activities and the um, entertainment, the literature that they're attracted to it's all of a quality of mixed with the motive of passion and ignorance and generally degrades into ignorance. And so there's a, the, the consciousness of such persons is such that they are not able to appreciate and are not able to cultivate a depth of self-realisation. In fact... In, 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 the, in the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita in the second chapter, it explains that for the materialistic men, the activities of the transcendentalists is like night. Right? The, 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 um, the materialistic persons are bewildered by the behaviour of the devotees. And they see it as some form of phantasmagoria or some kind of dream. Whereas, and, and the, the, the devotees are rising early and um, performing their devotional practices, um, which to the materialistic people are um, unfathomable. They can't understand why would somebody uh, rise early and give up all the the good time of sleeping, right? Why rise early when you can sleep? <laughs> and, and of course the transcendentalists are thinking, why are you sleeping? You're wasting, or the best part of the day you're wasting, dreaming. And uh, so from the devotee's point of view, their behaviour is, uh, is a dream, a phantasmagoria. So there's a there's a there's a natural tension between these two types of consciousness. Mode of passion and the mode of ignorance is generally focused on trying to enjoy the material world. And those who've cultivated the mode of goodness and have come to the point of a tr- proper understanding or a true understanding of what the purpose of life is, utilize the material facility to its to its 
minimum and leverage that to make spiritual progress. And so not against material progress, but not totally absorbed in material activities. But understanding the proper utility of material facilities, they use that to make progress in their spiritual life. So it's not that activities in the mode of goodness or activities in the mode of spiritual cultivation means automatically giving up everything. And this is Rupa Goswami's philosophy that material facility is only material when it's used for the wrong purposes. But material facility, because ultimately everything comes from the one source, right? Everything comes from, the, from God, basically. And so it has a spiritual source. But just like, Prabhupada gives the example, just like electricity, you can use electricity to run a fridge and so get cold, or you can use electricity to run a heater. Right? At the moment we don't need to worry about running a fridge, we can just go outside. Right? But we need heat to keep warm. Right? So the energy comes from the same place, so it has a spiritual source. And when that energy is used for spiritual purposes, and this is the this is the swan this is the humpsa and the paramahamsa, right? The swan like men and women use the material facility not for sense gratification primarily but rather yes naturally we will enjoy uh, um, sense gratification such such that is necessary to lead a balanced life but then the real purpose of life is to take that energy and uh, use it for making spiritual advancement. And so this is the symptom, and, and this is what the prachetas are recognising when they come to this place, that this environment is conducive for our spiritual life. And so let me take advantage of it. Which is, which is the reason why we establish temples. Why Srila Prabhupada went to great endeavour actually to to establish um, temples all over the world so that there would be an environment where the swan-like men and women could come together and in that environment make spiritual advancement. That's, that's, there's some material pursuits, apparently material, but we need money. We need to eat, we need to sleep, we need some sense gratification, we need some shelter. Right? Um, we're not against sense gratification. We're into but we we it's managed so that we satisfy the senses, our our sensual requirements in a in a civilized fashion, not in an animal like way. You know, um, 
what happens when you try to minimise sleep? What happens? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, you get tired usually, and then over you go. Right. So, you know, we see the devotees want to become, oh, all right, to make spiritual advancement, I have to cut back on sleep. Right. But then in the Bhagavatam class, right. or in a Japa time. Right. So we need sleep. You've got to be balanced. Uh, while driving. Yes. No, I, I, I have friends who uh, died because they fell asleep at the wheel. Uh, it's, da- <laughs> it's dangerous being falsely renounced. Uh, and what about eating? Try, you know, cut back on your eating and what happens? You end up eating more. Huh? I see it. The, Brahma, the, the young brahmacharis and the brahmacharinis, you know, they get a little plate. I've told this story many times, right? But then they pile it right up. There's, you've got a little plate, but you pile it right up. Or, you know, you don't... You, you try to cut back on your eating, but then halfway, you know, through the morning, you're so hungry, you've got to go and... Eat anything. Right? Eat everything and everything. So it's it's a balanced. It's 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 a and that's that's the the um, mature understanding of bhakti. The 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 symptoms of knowledge and the symptoms of renunciation will manifest, or shall we say, those qualities will manifest automatically. If, a, if, if, a, if, if the devotee performs the practice of bhakti, they don't need to be separately cultivated. We don't need to separately cultivate. You know, when I joined the temple, I used to want to eat every offering. <laughs> I tried it a few days. Uh, but I tell you, you cannot do it. <laughs> you cannot eat every offering. You just can't physically do it unless you're an absolute, you know, animal, <laughs> a big animal. You can't do it. Well, I couldn't do it. I tried. But it's not possible. Or maybe you could just have a little bit, a real little bit. But that's okay then. <laughs> that's actually not bad. But of course, my motivation wasn't to eat a little bit. We used to keep the nine o'clock offering for guests. Uh, the devotees weren't allowed to eat it. Every offering was locked away in the maha cupboard. Uh, whoever had the key to the maha cupboard was a very popular. <laughs> but usually, you know, they, or not a, on occasion, they'd be the person that'd be going to the maha cupboard and eating the maha prasadam. Uh, because it was kept for guests, and if guests came, then you would... Have. So every breakfast, there was the nine o'clock. And all the, the, the fruit offering and the, the, um, the breakfast offering as well. 
and we would heat it up. Puris, everything. The sabji. Paneer sabji, usually. In fact, if you ate it at nine o'clock, you were finished. <laughs> if you eat at nine o'clock, maha, and then hope to get up at four o'clock in the morning, good luck. Very difficult to do. And um, so one of my first services was to do the morning divide, the morning breakfast. And um, I had a, I used to heat it, divide everything, heat up the nine o'clock and divide the breakfast. Because the Brahmanas, there were the, the older, the older devotees, the Brahmanas especially, they would, they had, uh, you had to, whatever the Brahmanas wanted, then you had to, and so they'd come in and pinch the maha. Because and I'm thinking, oh, what's going on here? Because I had a rule. I wasn't allowed to, personal rule, I wasn't allowed to take any maha. This is my personal renunciation. <laughs> and um, I could only take after serving out everybody. So I used to be quite, I would be praying fervently, you know, at least let there be one puri and a burfi and, and some paneer sabji left over. I often remember being, you know, I'd be at the end of the line, there'd be three devotees left to serve and only one burfi left. And I'd be thinking, ah, Krishna, whatever happens, it's okay. <laughs> I'm your servant. <laughs> and then on the other hand, I'd be thinking, don't let them take that burfi. <laughs> <laughs> So we need to eat, especially we're young. <laughs> when we're young, we have to eat. Don't try to be. We shouldn't try to be falsely renounced and give up these things because you know. Uh, the devotees in the ashram, uh, on occasion, there there'd be devotees who are uh, performing austerities, and you know they'd have too much prasadam, so they knew. If they left the prasadam in the fridge, then that devotee would eventually eat it. Because <laughs> uh, on the one hand, at, at the meal time, they were just eating out of a little bowl. Uh, <laughs> but their senses would eventually get the better of them, and so whatever was left in the fridge in the ashram, <laughs> it was gone. <laughs> so different... Uh, different types of personality will be attracted to the different modes of material nature that they're influenced by or will be influenced by the different modes of material nature that we associate with. And so, you know, the, the devotees are attracted to the association. One of the qualities, first quality of a Vaishnava, as described by Lord Chaitanya, is asatsanga tyag. They're attracted to the association of the devotees, and especially they're attracted to this uh, 
the hearing of Krishna Kata, hearing of the topics about self-realization, topics of the devotees, um, topics about the devotees and their relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, with the, with the Supreme Absolute. And of course the Supreme Absolute happens to be a person. And we see that all the way through the pages of the Bhagavatam. Why we study the Bhagavatam, why we rise early and put the beginning of our day um, uh, primarily for spiritual practice or for devotional practice. And of course, the activities that we perform, the activities that the Goswamis uh, recommend and also demonstrated are performed in the early hours of the day, specifically because that's the quietest time and it's the most peaceful time for, you know, and it's not that we... It's not that we sleep less necessarily. We rise early. This is the, we rise early. And ideally, rising early means going to bed early. Right? Not staying up late and then getting up early. Right? So it's not necessarily that we give up sleep. Because if you, we know if you try to give up sleep, you'll go to sleep. Or... As John said, you'll be behaving like a drunken man. Right? But rather, we rise early to use the best part of the day for the most important work of the day, the most important practice of the day, which is to uh, um, purify the consciousness. The, the, the Bhagavad Gita begins with a focus on identifi identification, identity, basically. Right? And the identity is that we're not the body. That um, this material body, even though it appears to be real, it appears to have some substance, has some form, actually it is illusory. It's temporary. It goes through the six changes. This is a very basic beginning philosophy of the Bhagavad Gita. Right? We're not the body. And this body, uh, even though it, it appears to be very attractive or it, has, it appears to have some substance, actually it doesn't. It's, it's a, uh, as Prabhupada explains, it's his separated energy. So even though it comes from him, it is not him. It's an interesting thing. It is similar. This is our philosophy. Achincha beda abeda tattva. It is God because it comes from God's energy, but at the same time, it is not Him. Right? And that separated energy, just like Prabhupada gives the example of a tape recorder. Right? It says, You record my voice and then you play it back. It's me. But it's not me. Huh? It's my separated energy. The recording of my voice is not me. But it is me. Right? So similarly, the material energy 
is Krishna, but it is not Krishna. It is separated from him. And because it's separated from him and all the qualities that it has, it's illusory. Because it goes through the different changes. It's not that the material energy is not real. It is certainly real. Right? If I come up and punch you on the nose, you'll feel it. Right? You'll know that I punched you. <laughs> and I'll feel it too. Oh, whoa. You know, you see in the movies all these punch up and stuff and then they just stand up and they're okay. But usually if that goes on, both are broken. <laughs> the face and the hand. So uh, it has some substance. The material energy is real. But the forms that it creates are temporary and so therefore illusory. And Prabhupada gives the example of a, of a, of a, of a mannequin or a doll. You know, you may see a doll and it's been created in such a way so it's very attractive. Right? Material energy is like this. It's very attractive. But nobody's going to make love to a doll. Well, some odd people do. But that's just weird. Right? That's the height of illusion. Right? So... Uh, um, the, the focus of the transcendentalist is to understand the nature of that illusion and to uh, avoid its influence. This is the, the mode of passion and the mode of ignorance, is that influence which forces us into the bodily concept of life and thinking that the material forms are everything. But the Bhagavad Gita teaches it right in the beginning that we're not that illusory form that is always in a state of flux. The real identity is that which is permanent. That's the, that's the soul. And so spiritual culture is focused on uh, uh, uncovering that identity and uh, avoiding those activities that cover us and try to engage in those activities that uncover this, the, our, our, the real self. This is self-awareness or self-realisation. And so therefore the devotees, asat sangatyag, give up that bad association. And, and what is it? Uh, tamasi ma... Jyotir Gama, right? So avoid the ignorance, come to the light. And so that's why rising early in the morning is important. Not necessarily reducing your sleep. Going to bed early, then rising early, so that when you wake up, you're centrally, mentally, uh, intellectually strong. Right? This is why, uh, you know, balance, uh, Krishna recommends balance in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, which is primarily about um, uh, dhyana yoga, isn't it? Dhyana, meditation. 
But if you haven't had enough sleep, try meditation. No, try sleep. Because that's what your meditation will become. <laughs> huh? So that's where the balance comes from. But rise early, because at that time of the day, the sun is not up, the birds are asleep, everybody's asleep, practically speaking. But that's the time when one can chant the meditation, the, the, the association with the Maha Mantra, the association with the Holy Name, is particularly potent. Now that doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't chant Hare Krishna at other times of the day. Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is potent at any time. Right? Uh, what is it? Uh, Sarva Shaktis. Right? Sarva Shakti. In Lord Chaitanya mentions in the Sikshastikam that the chanting of Hare Krishna is potent at any time. Nija Sarva Shaktis. Right? But still, there are certain times of the day where that meditation can be very focused and very absorbed. And, and where we hear the Bhagavatam, and uh, again, the, the hearing the Bhagavatam, Srimbatam Swa Kata Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana. Pious activity is performed by hearing the Bhagavatam. Uh, what is it? Abhadrani. Um, uh, What's the word that comes before Abhadrani? Vidunoti suritsatam. The Abhadra or the inauspicious things that are in the heart are, are washed away or, or are cleansed by those who are chanting Hare Krishna, by those who are regularly hearing. And this is the, you know, this is the, these are the, the elevated, or what does Prabhupada say here? Uh, superior, the superior birds. So the, 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 the superior humans are those who take advantage of that early time in the morning to chant, meditate, to purify the consciousness. That's what we're doing. We're purifying the consciousness so that then throughout the day our activities can be focused on uh, self-realisation and... and uh, um, the activities, even though it appears that they're the same as anybody else, the real purpose of those activities is for the upliftment of everybody, including ourselves. That's the, the, the focus, not just material acquisition and material accumulation for some sense gratification. Does anybody have any comments or questions?
Why? So any time is good. I'm just asking. I know, I know, I know, but I'm just saying. Any time is good. Any, 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 and it's a fact actually that any time that you chant Hare Krishna is good and beneficial, right? But we're conditioned, we have to take into consideration that even though theoretically we're on a liberated platform, theoretically we're liberated, we're not, right? So we discriminate. We're able to tell the difference between uh, liberated and conditioned, right? What is it? What's the word? Uh, what's the word for conditioned? Bada. Nitya bada, right? Bada. Tied up. So, um, in, on the liberated platform, we can chant Hare Krishna at any time of the day, and it's beneficial, right? But on the conditioned platform, we know that there are certain material influences, i.e. the mode of passion and the mode of ignorance, that will make it difficult. Even though we're an aspiring transcendentalist and we know theoretically we're all on the spiritual platform, by the same token also we know of the influences of the modes of material nature. That's why Krishna mentions it in the Bhagavad Gita. Right? So that because the Bhagavad Gita is a kind of like a basic manual for the transcendentalist. So um whilst we tolerate and, and even in the Bhagavad it's mentioned there that a devotee shouldn't become dissatisfied if he's not making spiritual progress or if on any particular day he may be less realized than another shouldn't lament that because that's a natural phenomena. But by gradual practice, again mentioned in the sixth chapter, sanai, sanai, uparamed, by regular practice, steady, you know, step by step, one can make progress. And we know that in the morning, as opposed to the evening or late at night, that the chanting of Hare Krishna has has. Not that it has more potency, we have more readily ready access. Right? It's not that, the, that anything happens to the holy name. Doesn't. It's the same. But our ability to connect is enhanced by that environment or by that situation. So you know, try chanting at midnight and see how you go. And try chanting at 3.30 in the morning after a good night's sleep. There's a, there's a big difference between chanting at midnight after working all day and needing to go to sleep, right? And there's a difference. Well, our access, yet, on some occasion, you may chant Hare Krishna at midnight and be, it'll be effective. Janmashtami, we stay up all night, right? Then when we're chanting Hare Krishna at midnight, we're on an ecstasy. Huh? 
Yeah. I mean, that's about the only time that we have license to chant Hare Krishna at midnight. And take darshan, yeah. So, um, yes, there are the coming goings of the material world and we can tolerate them. But we also take advantage of the, the, the favourable winds, the favourable breezes or the favourable influences on our spiritual practice. <coughs> Uh, Krishna, what what was your question? Two, okay. Give give me one, please. Yes. Didn't I explain that? Why do we chant? We chant all the time. Right? But morning is better. Okay, what's the next question? How do we get determination while distributing books? Why are you lacking in determination? I don't know. You have determination. Right. Why would you be lacking in determination? That assumes that you have determination but somehow it went somewhere. Right? Is that what happens? If you have determination but then you need more that means that the determination you had went away is that right yeah why why did it go away after breakfast you're very enthusiastic right but then by lunchtime you're not so enthusiastic why Why do you think? Not sure. Not sure. Okay. Good. Um, Rupa Goswami recommends a few, he gives a few tips right, for book distributors. Well, for anybody really. One has to be enthusiastic, right? Determined and patient. So we may start off enthusiasm with enthusiasm, but the enthusiasm dries up. Well, that's when we have to be determined and patient. So to be determined, you need to have a good night's sleep. Right? 
You have to have a good meal of prasadam. And you need a good sadhana, good um, rounds, and a good understanding of the philosophy. Why you're doing what you're doing. How does that sound? Well, who do you go on book distribution with? <coughs> on the Harry Nam. Okay, bloody go. How many books did you distribute this week? Three. That's pretty good, isn't it? What's the most books you've ever done? Sixteen. In an hour or so. In Vrindavan. Did you help Kasturika? Yeah. And it went on Kasturika's score, I suppose. Huh? <laughs> hey? Okay. Well, yeah, well, there's a lot of people in Vrindavan. Yeah, just have to keep... The book distribution just means being patient and determined and maintaining your enthusiasm. And um, if it drops a bit, just ignore it, keep at it. Well, and, um, but, good japa, good japa, good night's sleep, Bhagavatam class, nice prasadam, you can book, distribute books all day. And expect, you know, that people are going to say no. We're looking for the people who say yes, so we don't worry too much about the people that say no. Huh? Can't get upset because somebody said no. Of course, if they say no all day, that's another thing. <laughs> but even then, we're tolerant. Ultimately, Krishna's in control, right? Yeah. Anything else? He probably uh, he uh, you a Hindi waller, Krishna. Are you a Hindi waller? Huh? What do I mean? Do you speak Hindi? Canada. He's a Hindi waller. That's what I thought. So he can speak the language when he's in Vrindavan. Mostly they're Hindi wallers, aren't they? You want to go and distribute books in China? <laughs> I suggest you learn to speak Chinese first or leave it to the Chinamen. So what's the question? Yeah. 
case. How do you do that? How do you do that? Learn the language. Use a translator. Yep. How do the devotees do it? Yeah, then what do they do? Yeah. Uh, how do they do it? What's the, what's the method? What's the method for selling a book in a country where you don't know the language? Just learn a few words and that's it. Uh, just learn a few words. That's right. Learn a mantra. We have a mantra. And you just recite the mantra over and over again. And people say things and you just say the same mantra. <laughs> yeah, so that's, it. That's, how, that's how the devotees do it. So you, you find somebody who knows the language and you ask them, what's the word to please buy this book? Or whatever. And then there many devotees said that's how they started off, speaking the language and eventually now they're fluent in, in whatever that language is. Right? Or like Atul Krishna, you know, he studied Bengali. Now he's a pretty fluent Bengali. You go and study the language. What language do you speak at home? Yeah. English. Okay. Oh, you better stay in Australia then and distribute books here. Well, what's your what's 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 your mother tongue? Canada. From Karnataka. Is that right? Yeah. Bangalore. Bengaluru. Well, there's a place where you can go and distribute books. You can go to Bangalore and distribute books there, right? Any other comments or questions? Who? Yep. Yep. Right. Okay, very good. There you go. You don't even need to know the mantra, you just get the card. You don't go to the casino to chant your rounds. You go to the temple. Right? And that's why we go to great lengths to keep the temple clean and decorated nicely and, you know, we manage it in a, in a way that it will be conducive to spiritual life. That's, that's the... That's the connection the spiritual connection is that this place is you know just like you wouldn't go to the rubbish tip to do anything right 
And, you know, you see those people in India who walk around collecting plastic bottles and stuff. Hare Krishna. We wouldn't hang around with those people. And if you go and see, you know, the bungies, where the bungie lives, you know, those, it's all dirty and there's hogs running around and ooh, it's a stinky place. Right? So it's not conducive to, to, to making spiritual progress. And in fact, if we went and lived in that place, we'd probably die. Well, catch. But they live there and they're happy. They have a, a whole culture, right? A whole society of dirty people. <laughs> we look at it, we go, ooh. Um, so. This description of the pastimes of the prachetas is in part to... They're going for their meditation and so they're looking for a place where they can follow the order of their guru. Their father. Their father has given them... King Prachini Bahishat has given them instructions. So they're about to pursue those instructions. And because the father is a saintly person and he's instructing them for their ultimate benefit and for everybody's benefit, they're pursuing his order but they're looking for the right place to follow that. And so that's, you know, one lesson that we can take from that is, or Prabhupada's pointing out how there are different classes of men just as there are different types of animals and different types of birds and that uh, the devotees need to um, be careful with, who the, with whom they associate. Sangat Sanjayate Kama is in the, in the Bhagavad Gita Krishna mentions who you associate, you develop those qualities. Right? So this is a beautiful place. It's 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 uh, conducive for meditation, and so they're identifying, recognizing that, and as we we will see how they take advantage of it. So these temples are similar, they're, they're, you know, they're they're spiritual oases in the material desert, and um, why we take advantage of them. We discriminate. Yes, theoretically we can chant Hare Krishna anywhere. Well, but we don't. We choose that place which is going to be most, most powerful. The time and the place. Okay, anything else? Gwanda Raj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Gaurabhakta Vrinda Ki Jai